This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Yeah, so let me get started. So I, I want to talk to you about judging other people and, um, and just what that causes in life, the root of all of it, what its aim is, um, and really what it brings to our own lives, our families, our ministries, if you're in the ministry, just your life in general, the productivity of your life, the joy in your life. I want to touch on on this stuff. So again, go ahead and share this. You guys are jumping on from all over, so this is great. But um you know, I've learned something. Um I was actually having lunch today with a friend, uh an amazing leader in the body, and I said something to him. I said, "It's incredible to me how we're experts on people and how well how, I said, it's amazing how much we know and how well we know people that we've never met. And I think that's so true. When we begin to judge based on stuff we like or don't like about people, it's such a dark hole. And it's such a slippery slope once you go down that road. You know, like oftentimes the people that we judge the most are the people who really carry what we need in our life. And it's amazing how dark the road can become when we step into judgment. It can literally take us into attacking people that God has chosen to raise up. And It's really important we understand a few things. Number one, if God chooses someone, if God's okay with them, he should be okay for us or with us. That man or woman, we should be okay with them if God is. Let me say it that way. If God has given his stamp of approval, we should. Who are we to attack these people? And the reason I'm talking about this is because it's been swirling in the last few weeks. Things I've been brought into, situations I've been asked to speak into, at some pretty high levels. And I've seen that it tries to work its way into the highest levels of leadership, into families, and into everyday life. It's just got to stop. Uh, Joy Dawson told me this um, years ago. If you don't know who Joy is, she's one of like the founding motherly voices of YWAM. Uh, she's ministered in over, I don't know, 50 nations of the world. Uh, if you haven't read her stuff, it's incredible. In fact, my wife has a call with her tonight. She's an amazing woman. Again, go ahead and and share this. But Joy said, honor what is of God in every person. And you can't go wrong. But instead, typically out of jealousy or out of insecurity, um, out of having a negative judgmental upbringing or a negative judgmental slant, but it's typically typically out of jealousy and insecurity, we begin to attack the people that God has raised up not realizing that God raised them up and gave us access to them or brought them in front of our eyes so that we would receive from them. And so what happens a lot, we saw, we saw this happen with Cain and Abel. You know, Abel's sacrifice is accepted. Cain's is not. Because his was not, he decides to attack Abel. 
And so oftentimes people have stuff in their life that we want, that we think we deserve. And instead of celebrating it, and instead of serving it, instead of giving toward it, I know I'm probably hitting at a few things right now, but instead of giving toward it, instead of speaking kindly about them, even if they have some flaws, and I have news for you, you have them too, I have them too, we all have them. Instead of celebrating who God has made them, we attack the areas in their life that need a little work. And sometimes we even attack what doesn't need work. We attack what God is doing in them. And we think it's a weakness. And so we actually begin to like declare this war on godly characteristics in their life. And we think we're doing it for God. And God sits back and he's shocked by it. In Numbers 12, um, the, the Lord speaks to, to the children of Israel. And the Lord says, Were you not afraid to attack or speak against my servant Moses? I want you to think about that for a second. Were you not afraid? Not opposed to. Not were you uncomfortable. Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. God wants us to literally be afraid of talking against people that God has called his servants and his friends. And today, you know, it's so political, especially like in 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 in, in the church world and leadership. This whole thing, well, if you're seen with this guy, maybe this guy will cut you off or Maybe if I align too closely with this guy, then these leaders won't accept me or they won't have me or they won't support me. And it's a demonic scheme. And the moment you start going down that road, you begin to distance yourself from the people that God has called his friends. Never understanding this, that God is wanting to give you what his friends carry. That's why God has given us access to them. It's so true. And the church, the church is harder at times. The church is a more stiff judge than Jesus is. Moses was not perfect. David was not perfect. We saw the way that David handled Saul on that one occasion in the cave when he removed that portion of his garment. He failed there. But God didn't discount him. In all that David did, actually, in all that David did, even with his failure with Bathsheba, the Bible says that Jesus will sit on the throne of David. He's actually called son of David in the New Testament. So I'm not saying we need to like turn this blind eye to sin. I am not in any way endorsing moral failure or endorsing uh preaching stuff that just is, I'm not, but I'm just saying this, when the heart is filled with the love of Jesus, the heart looks for the good. The heart longs, even if the person does screw up, the heart begins to long for their recovery as brothers and sisters in the Lord. But there's a very, very dangerous road that I've seen people begin to walk. I've seen it and in very, very uh, sad 
sad ways seen this take place where God raises people up around them and it starts with comparison. You start going, well, I should have that. I, I, whether well, they more special than me? Um, I, I pray more than them. I read my Bible more than them. Uh, I don't like the way they preach. I don't, I don't like their accent. I don't like the clothes they wear. I don't like the car they drive. I don't like the, how animated they are or how not animated they are. I don't like how flamboyant they are on the platform. I don't like how boring they are on the platform. They need more fire or they need to be more calm. I've learned something. You cannot please everyone. It is absolutely impossible. But this I can tell you, make no bones about it. When we begin to speak and attack and judge people, most of whom we have never, ever met. I love what Bill Johnson says. Bill says this. When you get down to wash somebody's feet, you can then discover why they walk the way they do. You know, I, I know like me, for instance, I have unashamedly uh, spent so much time here at Bethel. Some people have a problem with Bethel. I think Bethel is wonderful. I think it's beautiful. I unashamedly pledge my support to Bill and Benny, the whole leadership team. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing breakthrough in our lives. We learned so much here, valuing the presence of God, valuing uh, family, valuing community. It's a beautiful thing. I've been uh, challenged as to my relationship with my father-in-law. And my response was, I got saved, born again, filled the Holy Spirit, um, healed in his meeting, and um, married his daughter for crying out loud. So people are like, how can you align? How can you do that? How can I align? Because when, how do you repay someone who leads you to Jesus? I have been challenged for having the Sisters of Mary, who are evangelical nuns, uh, evangelical sisters, I've been challenged for having them on my platform because people automatically assume they were Catholics. And so I was challenged for that. How could you align with a nun? And most of these people have never met these people. So I just want you to go ahead and share this. And, and my challenge is if you sit down for five minutes with these sisters and you can look me in the eye and say, I think I love Jesus more than them. Uh, I, I would, I, I'd take that bet 99% of the time. They changed my life. That's why I publicly align with them. Align with them. Who cares what they wear? Uh, and and my, I, I've responded also regarding Michael. You have quoted Catholic saints. Of course, I've quoted Catholic saints. Where would the church be without the Teresa of Avila, without the Francis of Assisi's? Where would the church be? without the P.O.s, without the St. John's of the Cross who taught these beautiful teachings on prayer that impacted A.W. Tozer. I have the collection in my library of A.W. Tozer's favorite writings in one book. Eric Gilmore bought it for me. Half of them are Catholic. Many are Eastern Orthodox. And, and then you see that their impact on Miss Kuhlman and so many in the Charismatic Renewal, which, by the way, the charism before the charismatic renewal, there were no by term charismatics. They actually started with Catholics, and you know I've also learned this: whether you're Baptist or Catholic, charismatic, Pentecostal, Lutheran, 
I had, a, I had a man on my board for seven years who was a charismatic Lutheran. I've learned this. And this would apply to my best friends, whether it's Daniel or, or Eric or Todd or Dave or Brian, any of us. If, if we sat down and went through all 66 books of the Bible, all 66, I guarantee you we would not agree on every verse. What does that mean? Am I, am I to totally disconnect from these amazing people that God is using to touch the nations and that God has used to help me love Jesus more? I'm just saying I, I felt this today because I've been feeling it strong. This is not time, guys, to dial down the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is not time to dial down the, the, the power of God. This is not the time to get out of the game because you're judging people who are in the game. And let me just say this, that is one of the quickest ways to get kicked off the field by judging people that God has ordained and approved to play on the field. Jesus is married to us. We have to understand that. He is married to us. When you give your life to Jesus in heaven, you don't there's not this Christian box that is checked off and you uh, are forever a quick Christian by name only. It's much deeper than that. Jesus literally marries us. This thing started with a marriage. This thing will end with a marriage. Why am I saying that? Because he takes his relationship with his people very personally. It's a very personal issue as it pertains to us and Jesus. Make sure you're sharing this, by the way, because we need to hear this and just get it out of the way. When, when Paul attacked the church, when he was imprisoning the saints, he has an encounter with the Lord. Jesus asked him a question. Once he blinded him and knocked him off his horse, which was a good thing at times. Jesus said, why do you persecute me? He didn't say, why do you persecute my church? He said, you are persecuting me. So, so that's why the Lord in Exodus 12 said to Israel, were you not afraid? Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Why, why, did, he, why did he feel like Israel should have been afraid? Because God had made a covenant with Moses. God had married Israel. That was the whole point of the law on that mountain and the whole point of the feast when, they, when the elders ate with the Lord. That was a marriage ceremony. And that's why there was covenant and bloodshed. God married Israel. But God had a special relationship with Moses. And he, 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 when he rebuked Israel, he said, Were you not afraid to speak against him? With you I speak in riddles, but with him I speak face to face. And... I just feel like we need this again. We need to have a healthy fear of the Lord when it comes to judging people that God is okay with. If God has raised someone up, leave it to God. That's what the Bible teaches. We didn't call them. We certainly did not anoint them. Make sure you're sharing this. We certainly did not anoint them. We didn't die on the cross for them. We did not baptize them in the Holy Spirit. They were not baptized into you and I. They were baptized into Christ. It's not our word they're preaching. They're preaching the word of God. 
We didn't give our back so that God would heal people through their lives. And let me just touch on that regarding the healing ministry. Stop examining how they heal the sick and determining if it fits your personal liking. You, you know who doesn't, you know, typically the people who don't care how healing is administered, the people that need it. The people who don't need it, more often than not, have a very strong opinion regarding how it should be administered. But if you were sick in bed and Jesus walked in, he might just spit on your tongue. He may just rub mud in your eye. He may just send the word like he did with the centurion. He might kick you out of the room if you're sitting around watching and you don't have faith and, and, and your loved one needs the miracle. Jesus might do a lot of things. He might tell you to go dip in the pool of Siloam and wash your eyes. Jesus might do a lot of stuff that, that, that doesn't meet your criteria. But I have news for you. The point of Jesus dying, shedding his blood and suffering regarding the healing ministry was not to make us comfortable. It was to see people healed and set free. It was to see the suffering. The suffering typically are much more childlike when it comes to the miracle because they need it. And so I want to challenge you today. Repent. Ask God to forgive you for judging people. Ask God to forgive you for distancing yourself from people that you know you're watching when you're all alone on Facebook. You know, the people that you're watching on TV. You know, the people that you don't want your friends to know whose conferences you attend. You know, when you go back into work on Monday and they say, hey, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to a conference. What kind? A Christian conference. It's time we stop being ashamed of the Holy Spirit. It's time we stop being ashamed of the people that God has raised up, regardless of how different they may be. God does not need our approval when he calls somebody. I have news for you. When God called Billy Graham, he did not need to get our approval. When God called Benny Hinn, he did not need our approval. When God called Reinhard Bonnke, he did not need our approval. When God called your pastor, God didn't need your approval. When God called Bill Johnson, he didn't need your approval. And I feel, why am I, why am I going this, this route today? Because I believe that if we lose this thing, because it's a devil, it's a political devil. If we lose this thing, what these people carry will come into our lives. Because honor is currency. That's why if you honor, hear me, if you honor a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And so honor is an actual currency in heaven. God honors today Samson. Did Samson mess up? Sure. Did Samson repent? Is he honored in heaven? Absolutely. God honors David today. My Lord, the Messiah will sit on the throne of David, as I said earlier. Peter, did he deny the Lord three times? Absolutely. Is he still one of the 12 foundational pillars in the new city of Jerusalem? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Because, because when God becomes your friend, he's a much better friend than we are to him. He's a loyal friend. He's a faithful husband. So I feel as we, as we just address the elephant in the room, get this thing out of here, get it out of our lives, repent of it, and begin to honor and befriend those 
who carry the presence of the Holy Spirit, God will begin to give that to us. And how badly do we need another Jesus movement? How badly do we need another move of God in America and the nations? And you know what? Many of those leaders are alive today. Many of those leaders are wanting to impact our generation. I don't think I'm a millennial. I think I missed it by a couple years. But anyways, we need that. We need, you know, in the Jesus movement, it was said, man, the, the fruit was hanging low. You could get people saved everywhere. I was just with a Havila Cunnington's dad the other day uh, at, at, at this lake here um, in, in Reading. And, and her dad, an amazing guy named Francis, He's a great evangelist. He's a pastor in Sacramento. He said in those days in the Jesus movement, it seemed like you could get people saved everywhere. Why? Why was that happening? Because God was pouring out his spirit. Who was leading that thing? Amazing servants of God. Amazing people. Amazing people that God was trusting. And you know what? Those people, many of them are still alive. And they're wanting room. They're wanting access into our world. You know, like the, the hipster millennial church scene. You know that one. That has to be super balanced, of course. Of course, that's very balanced. And um, sometimes we call death balance, by the way. But these these people are running in, and they're still carrying the presence of the Holy Spirit. How badly we need fathers and mothers to give us what they have to impart into a generation what they have, and that will not come outside of honor. I've learned to honor people who I don't understand. And that, 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 that actually looks like something. As Heidi says, love looks like something. So does honor. It actually looks like something. It means being generous to them. It means speaking about them. It means not being embarrassed of them. So I want to talk to you guys, especially you young leaders. Begin to honor people who've touched your life. And do not speak against people who've touched your life. If you're preaching their stuff, if you're quoting their stuff to your friends, and you're talking about them publicly, and you're, and you're learning uh, what God has given them privately, and you talk about what God has given them publicly, then it's okay to talk about them publicly. Because God is more, hear me, God is more interested in our honor, in our humility, and in our submission to the Word of God, then how well we can quote supposed truths that we're getting from people at times that many are embarrassed to even mention to our friends. So, so I want you, I, want, I just want you to think about that. Think about that today. And, and I have seen precious people dry up inside when they had so many wonderful people around them. Instead of going low, they decided to declare war on them. And there's no reason for that. No reason at all. I tell this story all the time. When I was working with my father-in-law, man, is he meticulous. Man, is he... He knows what he wants, especially in meetings. Man, did I get corrected publicly in meetings and oh man we laugh about it today we, we we talk about it publicly all the time man this it was it was rough it was a rough road it was a beautiful road looking back people ask me today i was just here in reading at the at bssm and and uh 
And one of the people said, can you teach us how to steward? It was in a class. Can you teach us how to steward the presence of God corporately in a crowd? And I thought, wow, wow, what is second nature to me? People are wanting to learn. Where did I get that? Where did I get it? It was all those years of serving, all those years of going low, all those years of keeping my mouth quiet when I didn't understand something and choosing to honor. And if you don't get a leader, if you don't get me or you don't get people we run with, or if you don't get it, you know, I've learned that people are fighting battles behind the scenes that we don't ever know about. They have passed tests in the secrecy of a prayer closet, in the secrecy of family. They have passed tests in the middle of the night when fear rages their soul. They pass tests uh, getting up in the morning. And you don't know about all that. You're not, you're, you don't understand it. And so they are a way that, that, that you don't get. And they have a, pro, a set of values in their heart that, that maybe, maybe you don't understand. And they may look at life a little differently than you. And they may be committed to certain truths in the scripture or certain angles in the body of Christ that you're not. But that is because you haven't walked where they've walked. You haven't gone through what they've gone through. You haven't faced the attacks of the devil that they faced. You haven't been ridiculed. You haven't been attacked the way they have. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. And they haven't, they haven't gone through what you've gone through. But typically, the people that we talk about aren't talking about us. It's a good question to ask yourself the next time you decide to, to uh, attack someone or talk against them. Ask yourself this question. I wonder if they're talking about me right now. And I love what Eric Gilmore says. He said, every time I talk against someone, it's because I've turned my attention from Jesus. How true it is. So the next time you feel like going there with somebody, and typically when a sentence starts with this, I don't mean to gossip. It's probably gossip. And Bill just said this the other day. It was so good. Bill said, uh, Bill said, what did he say? Like servant, uh, some somebody like like uh, he basically said this like people who aren't living at like their highest capacity, they're talking about people, but kings are talking about ideas and changing the world. I think I got that right. But ask yourself that question. I wonder if that person's talking about me. Ask yourself this question: Has that person impacted my life at all? Uh, has that person been a blessing to my life at all? If so, make a list of that. Like actually write this down. Get, get a pen and write it down. What have they meant to you? What have they done for you? And then I, I have that in my Bible. I have a thank you list in my Bible. It's my only prayer list. I, I'm not against prayer list. But my, I make sure to have a thank you list in my Bible. And I go through that list and I thank God for the people and the things he has given me. The most thankful are typically the least critical. The most thankful are typically the least critical. The most childlike are typically the least 
critical. And so I just feel like I'm talking to people right now who were greatly impacted by certain people. Maybe you still are. Maybe your heart's drifted. Maybe, maybe the devil inserted bitterness into your heart. And you know what the Bible calls bitterness? Poison. It's poison. And poison will kill you. You can put poison in the nicest meal. You can put poison... I mean, you, you can take poison and, and put it on the most well-prepared, organic, healthy meal. If there's poison there, it'll kill you. And bitterness is poison. And you know what that bitterness will turn into eventually? Criticism. It'll eventually lead you into dishonor. Eventually leads you into attack. And at that point, without knowing, because your wisdom's gone at that point. Why is your wisdom gone? Because wisdom only comes from the fear of the Lord. And you're out of the fear of the Lord at that point. Because the Bible says, Moses, or the, the, the Lord said regarding Moses, were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? In other words, where's the fear of the Lord? Again, speaking against people should cause us to fear, not make us feel uncomfortable. We should have a fear. So we move beyond the fear of the Lord. And because of that, because of that, we lose wisdom because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. And without knowing, we're not, at, we're, not, we're not conscious of this. Without knowing, we're attacking the Lord. You say, how, how can I attack the Lord? By touching his people. Again, what did he say to Paul? Why do you persecute me? What, what did he say? You fed me when I was hungry. You gave me water. You visited me. When? When did we do this? The disciples said. When you did it for the least of these. So I want you today. Let's be a people who don't go that political route. Let's honor who God honors. Let's love who God loves. Let's look for the best. Let's find the gold, not the dirt. Let's find the diamond, not the coal. Let's just get over this whole thing. And if Pete, listen, the people, the people who have an issue with those people, typically, the typically, you're not going to please them by, by dialing down your love for those people. So I hope this helps. And let me just end in a positive. When you do celebrate, when you do honor, when you do pay a price, that's amazing, Jen. When you do pay a price, when you do decide to be generous, when you do speak kindly, when you do give platform to, to those who impacted your life, when you unapologetically say, no, I love them. They touched my life. God will begin to give you what they have. And you know in your heart, a lot of those people you don't get and you criticize down deep, the reason you're criticizing is because you want what they have. You want that presence. You want the power of the Holy Spirit. Please share this. I really feel this is timely. Let's go for it and believe for another Jesus movement in the nations in America and love Jesus with all our hearts. But that will take his presence and we need to please him in order for him to pour out his spirit in a new way. Love you. Bye-bye. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. 
By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950640, Lake Mary, Florida 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.